Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts. Why Buddhism is Flourishing in Wichita. I'm Tom Shine, and welcome to The Range. Support for The Range comes from McCowan Gordon Construction, Fidelity Bank, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Coming up, bar and nightclub owners adapt to an emerging trend. People are stepping away and doing healthier options. And the younger crowd tends to not drink as much either. But first, in the past two decades, the number of Buddhist congregations in the Wichita area has more than doubled. For followers of the religion, the beautiful temples also act as cultural hubs, especially for many Asian families. Hugo Fan has more. Inside the Fa Poa Buddhist Temple one Sunday morning, 20 grade schoolers decked out in gray button-down shirts twirl and clap to Vietnamese pop music. The colorful hall near Arkansas and 53rd Street is packed with temple goers. They're sitting on cushions in front of a large gold Buddha statue to watch the performance. Most are here to celebrate Mua Vu Lan, a Buddhist holiday to honor mothers and fathers. Some kids profess heartfelt gratitudes to their parents. Thank you, Mom and Dad. I love you, Mom and Dad. Thank you for taking me to temple and taking me to school. Happy Day, a religious census by a national nonprofit shows Buddhism in Wichita is flourishing as the Asian American population grows and American converts adopt a belief system. The city has around a dozen temples. One new temple is the Kansas Meditation Center in southeast Wichita, which opened in 2012 and serves as a cultural hub for Sri Lankan Buddhists. Bonte Ratana is the temple's head monk. He also hosts an English language meditation group. It's grown to around 20 people. Over here, mainly, I see uh, people are very hungry and thirsty about the original teachings of Buddhism, like philosophy. The religion follows the teachings of a South Asian man known as Buddha, who believes suffering in life could be alleviated through living ethically, mindfully, and compassionately. Temples like Fapua, which begin in a converted church, have grown to accommodate a large congregation. Now, it has palatial grounds with gardens and streams. One of Fapua's new buildings is an activity center for kids to learn about Buddhism. Keeping kids engaged is vital for the religion's future, says Temple President Tan Lee, but it can be a challenge. I think that is the main the difference between Vietnam and here. Language communication barrier. Lee's parents helped build the Fapua Temple after fleeing Vietnam in the 1980s. Immigrants from Southeast Asian countries founded many Wichita's temples, says Gordon Melton, a religion professor at Baylor University. That includes the ornate gold and red Buddhist temple near Greenwich and Pawnee, which serves Wichita's Laotian community. Het Napinson has attended the temple since she was a little girl. She remembers families used to gather in trailers and temporary buildings. Now, the temple boasts its own meditation chapel and a brand new meditation hall. So it really, I think, is two things, the sense of community and networking, as well as feeling like you're contributing to society, right? 
because everything that you do out here really should result in good karma for you and your family. For The Range, I'm Hugo Fan. This story includes reporting from Celia Hack. To read more, go to KMUW.org. Like many industries since the pandemic, bars and nightclubs have had to adjust to the changing taste of their customers. And for many, that means taking care of patrons who are choosing to consume less alcohol. Kylie Cameron explored what's behind the trend. It's a Saturday night in Wichita, and people are out on the town socializing with friends. But some things are changing in the bar scene these days. I choose mocktails, honestly, because I'd rather be more intentional with my friends hanging out than, like, I don't need any kind of other substance to, like, improve the evening. Michaela Fox recently visited Good Company Taps and Spirits with friends for a birthday celebration. She's among the customers who bar owners are noticing don't want to drink alcohol when they go out. According to Nathan Turnow with Good Company, that's creating a change in the industry. It's a cocktail bar, so like typically spirits are how you're going to do that, but it doesn't have to be. Like There's no real rule for what tastes good and what doesn't. Good Company and Revolutia was one of the first bars in Wichita to begin offering non-alcoholic drinks on its menu, just like any other cocktail. For Turnow, he sees it as a creative way to make drinks with depths of flavors, just without the alcohol. And it's a really fun challenge for me and the rest of our bartenders coming up with ways to do non-alcoholic drinks that aren't just juice and syrup and some soda water uh, like every other non-alcoholic option everywhere. It's always like pop or lemonade or iced tea or something. Other bars also are adapting to the change, so visitors who choose not to drink can feel included too. Kirby's Beer Store, a hole-in-the-wall bar near Wichita State University, says it's also noticed the shift. It began offering more non-alcoholic drinks like kombucha, seltzer waters, and coffee. Co-owner Ryan Bell says that's giving more options for people who choose not to drink, including those in recovery. We're just noticing that it was kind of a trend, so people are stepping away and doing healthier options. And the younger crowd tends to not drink as much either. Bell is right in his observations about younger people and their alcohol consumption. A recent study funded by the National Institutes of Health shows that younger people aren't as interested in drinking as older generations. So now, some bar owners like Bell are looking for ways to make sure people who don't want to drink alcohol still feel welcome. I want people to be able to mainly be able to support their local musicians that they care about and not be afraid or or uncomfortable to come out to a bar. Younger people not drinking as much can be good news for places like Good Company, which caters to a younger crowd and already has non-alcoholic options. Here's Nathan Turnow again. No, there's a lot of appreciation for the fact that you know you can come in and hang out with your friends and still have fun, still feel like you're participating. People like Michaela Fox, who choose not to drink, are noticing the change and appreciate the growing variety of options available. So really try and support the businesses that do provide more options. And once you know they're there, then you frequent them pretty often just because you do have some choices. For The Range, I'm Kylie Cameron. You can read more of this story at KMUW.org.
One last thing. The mayor's race in Wichita is about to head into overdrive. With less than nine weeks remaining until Election Day, you're going to see a lot of Brandon Whipple and Lily Wu. And that's a good thing. Understanding where they stand on key issues is critically important before you vote. And Whipple and Wu are making it easy. In an era when many politicians refuse to debate, the two candidates are holding several over the next two months. That includes one on September 25th that will be carried live on KMUW. Even if you can't attend a debate in person, they'll be available to stream or to watch the next day online. Not voting this fall is a dereliction of your civic duty. So is uninformed voting. Thanks for joining us on The Range. Our producers for this week's show are Beth Goulet, Carly Cooper, Jonathan Huber, and Luann Stevens. Our digital producer is Hugo Fan, and Torn Anderson composed our theme music. The executive producer of The Range is Fletcher Powell. I'm Tom Shine, and this is KMUW, NPR for Wichita.